Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Welcome everyone to another episode of Gratitude. So today we have a great friend of ours. Drew is here on the podcast and we are so excited to have you. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am super excited to be on. I have been anticipating this for a while now. So I'm just glad that we got to make it happen and we are here. Yes, we are super pumped and want to know a little bit more about your story. So if you want to tell the listeners what got you interested in PT and where you currently are today. This is going to be lengthy. I'm going to try not to make it lengthy. Okay, so really my interest in physical therapy came from being a track athlete in college. I was a collegiate track athlete and I wanted to work with athletes without actually having to train like one because it's strenuous and crazy. So after running for four years, I was like, I want to still be in this field, but not have to work out and eat like on a strict diet (laughs) because tacos exist. So really, yeah, that was what brought me to PT. I also was inspired by my cousin who is a physical therapist in Texas. She was a PT already when I entered college and just seeing her in the profession and being able to shadow her a few times has brought me into the profession even more and like just grown my passion for the profession. Okay, so I graduated college in 2014. I moved out to Orlando after going to the Prairie View A&M University outside of Houston, Texas. Shout out to all the HBCUs out there. And I just kind of was taking my prerequisites. I didn't, I was a human performance major. So there was nothing really straight path at my school that led us to PT. So it was like, you either were staying on track in undergrad or you had to catch up after you graduated, which was my track. And I just was in a community college in Orlando. At the same time, I was being a personal trainer at LA Fitness. And I did that for three years. And then I applied and I was like, okay, it's go time. Like if I don't get in, we're going to do it again. And I got in my first chart into Gannon University, their Ruskin campus. And I'm currently in Florida now outside of Tampa. And yeah, my first year was rough. It is on my blog, thecurlybpt.com. And it was a crazy year. I don't know. I feel like being so far out of undergrad and like having a full course of classes, like it was just a completely different lifestyle that I was not prepared for. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm going to take these classes and be good. Like, even in high school, I didn't have to study like that. So it was like coming into such a drastic change of figuring out how to study 
figuring out that I had to study with people because that was not how I studied. Like I just like to read stuff and then be like, oh yeah, I'm going to answer some questions. It's fine. But figuring out that I had to study and talk it out with people and do all these things. Like I definitely figured it out the hard way. My first semester I struggled with anatomy because I wasn't studying with people. And then I passed, but in my second semester taking foundations of human movement, which is like the biomechanics, as you guys know, that was like the roughest part for me. So after like not doing so well first semester and then like still struggling in the second semester, I'm like, is this even for me? Like, I don't even know. Like you think like, okay, yeah, I'm here. Like I made it, so I'm good. And then you realize you got some demons to battle and you're like, okay, this is interesting. So it took a lot of prayer and second guessing and family and friends just to realize like, I just had to buckle down and realize what it was that I needed to do to be able to be successful in this. And so, yeah, I passed foundations after taking a sabbatical is what we'll call it. I didn't pass it the first time. So after passing all the other ones in that semester, because we were the inaugural class, every class is offered every year. So I had to wait like nine months for the next class to come in. And then really like they came in, took their classes, but I had already passed that first semester. So I kind of had to wait for them to take those classes. So I didn't know them. So that was awkward. Like they had already been together for a whole semester. And then it's like, okay, here I am. Hey, what's up? And so luckily they were amazing, are amazing. My classmates are awesome and super supportive. And we are like a family. It's great. And yeah, I've just learned how to study better, did awesome my second time around in foundations. Luckily, I mean, I had notes from the last time, so I just was able to revamp them and actually study them and not watch Grey's Anatomy while studying them. That was a thing. So yeah, you know, just buckling down and being more attentive to Drew's brain and how it learned. What a journey, first and foremost. And, you know, I think First of all, thank you for sharing that you did take a sabbatical because that can be hard and uncomfortable for a lot of people to share, but it's so important because everyone listening, if you're in that boat and you're like, is this for me? Do I, you know, am I going to make it through? Is it okay if I do this again? Like what happens with these new classmates and all of that stuff? What was the toughest part after you came back and joined the class? What was the toughest part for you? I had to get past people judging me and like wondering like, oh yeah, we heard about this girl that's going to be joining us because obviously like our department had like told them like, oh, you're going to have a few classmates that are going to be joining you that have already taken some classes, but you know, so I think it was really like my biggest thing is like, mind your business. Like it's not your, like, not to be mean, like, to people, like, mind your business, but, like, when you mind your business, like, there's so much stress that's not in your life. Like, if you're worried about other people and what they think about you, even on my end, like, Drew, mind your business. Like, even if they're talking about you, is that going to help you get the grades that you need to get? Are they going to be with you in the clinic when you go on your first rotation? Which they weren't. I was the only one there. So... Those were just things that I had to tell myself over and over, even when I saw, like, even people in other programs, like, oh, she was here and then she wasn't, and now she, and I was just like, after a few woo-saws, it was like, mind your business, like, make sure you study past these classes, and yeah, just getting past, like, judgment and what people had to say. 
Yeah, I think that's super important. And thank you so much for sharing that because like Sarah said, there are so many students who we have talked to and it's a common thing that some people don't make it and you know they do come back like after first semester or they don't make it and they are not in the program anymore. And so it's been a topic that we've been talking about with a lot of people. And so it's just good that you're able to share that. But yes, people have to mind their own business because even in my program, there is a classmate of mine and he came in, he's retaking some of the classes with us, but we were told that he was going to be in our class and we just minded our own business. I mean, I got to know him and I wanted to talk to him more and I did. And so, but that was it. Like I was never interrogating him and saying, what happened? Why, why did this happen? So just be respectful of, you know, people's business. <laughs> right. And for me, I feel like I wasn't ashamed to like share my story. Cause like for me, once I got, by the time I got back there, like I was already, I was working for nine months in pri private practice. Like it was like a lot of me time to regather myself. And so by the time I got in and people were asking questions, cause there were plenty of people asking questions and it was just like, so what happened? It's like, by then I was like, I'm sharing my testimony. And like, that's something that is way more important than this physical therapy journey. Like for me to share my testimony and what God has for me and what the will of God is for my life. Like his will was not for me to graduate in 2020. Like, I feel like my Wi-Fi password was still like DPT 2020. Like, no, that's not it, sis. Like, <laughs> you got to bring it back. So, you know, I would just, you just have to remember that our purpose is so much bigger than what we think that it's going to be. And that's just what I have to remind myself daily. I appreciate that. <laughs> but kind of taking yourself out of your situation and looking at it from a bigger perspective, I think is really valuable, um, no matter what people believe. And I think it's great. Just like take yourself back, look at it from a much bigger point of view than your own mind. And that can be so helpful. You also did some other cool things during school. So not to change topics abruptly, because I love that. <laughs> thing. But we're going to change topics abruptly here. <laughs> so when did you get engaged? And when did you get married? And how was that process during all of this? Okay. So I got engaged November of 17, because that's when I started PT school. And it was Thanksgiving weekend. James, my husband, he was super nervous. It was his first flight ever. And I, put, I flew him on spirit. It was a terrible experience, really. But it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, he, I had no idea. My sister didn't know until like the day before. He was like, I'm going to propose. He was like a mess. But anyways, yes. So I got engaged that weekend. I planned my wedding basically in a year because we got married that following January the 5th. So I was like, luckily, my sabbatical was like my time off for wedding planning. So people are like, how'd you do it? And then like really leading up towards the wedding was the semester that I was retaking foundation. So I only was taking one class at the time. So I had a lot of time to be like, okay, invitation, save the dates, all of these things, florist and blah, blah, blah. But so I did have the time to do that, but it was still crazy 
deadlines and all of that and with the pressure of you have to pass this class or you're out of the program so that was an additional stressor but it was fun and we were dating pure so it wasn't like oh you don't want to wait till the end of pt school like no i don't have time for that like <laughs> we are on a track here thank you so <laughs> that was something that was not an option so yeah i planned my wedding in like 11 months and we got married january 5th 2019 oh then that means it had to be the 18th 2018 okay all of this i'm terrible at math i only required trigonometry to take physics as a prereq <laughs> i know oh my gosh that that's so funny we feel it on that <laughs> take out all that math so you got engaged in november and november 2000 and 18. Okay. And then you got married that January. Wait, no, not that January. That January? Of this year. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this January. Okay. I was going to say this <laughs> No, okay. no, no. It was not like 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, just doing all that. And like you said, focusing on your one class that you had to pass. But I'm glad you did have that time to plan and to work because even though it still was stressful, at least you were you were working because I feel like being in school school and like planning a full wedding in 11 months, that would be <laughs> that would be a lot. <laughs> it's a lot in general. It was definitely a lot, but I mean, it was fun. Like, I don't know. I had a great time planning my wedding. My mom was definitely a huge help with the financial responsibility. So that wasn't like anything that was like, how am I going to pay for this? You know? So that was a blessing in that, but like just being able to talk to my florist and be like, this is my vision. Like, it was just so fun. Like being like, oh, okay. Like Pinterest boards were coming to life. Like it was just great. <laughs> I love that Pinterest boards coming to life is so many people relate to that right now. They're probably just like laughing in their car or wherever they're listening to this on the treadmill. They're just like, yes, that is going to be me or that was me. <laughs> Pinterest boards coming to life. And in that whole process, first of all, what was the biggest struggle? But what was also the most exciting besides Pinterest boards coming to life? Like what was the most exciting moment in that whole process of planning? Not the day of. The most exciting thing was, I'm going to say the brunch tasting that our venue provided for James and I. It was my birthday weekend, so that was kind of perfect. It was like basically all the vendors that they work with, like our, our caterer was there, the lady that made our cake was there, so we got to like try our cake pops, and we were like, we need these at the wedding, and it was just like perfect, so that was the most exciting that James and I just got to like drink champagne and relax and eat all the food and like be like we need this there that's how we got the shrimp and grits there it was just perfect and then the hardest struggle i think was our guest list that is rough like you just want to invite everybody but not like you still want it to be special you know like you don't want it to just be like everybody come free for all because that's like a very tender moment in your life that you're welcoming people into and I think that a lot of people take that for granted, guest-wise. Yeah, you just, they say that the worst of people comes out at weddings and funerals, and it was definitely true at weddings. Not at the wedding, but just like the, the lead-up, too, was just like, people act like this? 
like, what is happening right now? It was just a reality check for like, all right, cool. If you want to act that way, I'll leave you in that box. Love you to death, but I'm going to leave you in your box. And I'm going to continue planning my planning because it's going on. The show must go on. No, I think that's so funny. The show must go on. And no matter how people are acting, how ridiculous they may feel in the moment, because it's a lot of pressure to manage and people don't manage it really well. So how did you manage that for you? Not necessarily managing the people who are going crazy around you, but managing your own emotions and stress and anxiety through all of it. Well, I definitely cried a little. There were definitely some phone conversations with my mom and conversations with James and I was just like, I need a minute. But I think I'm a big planner as far as like organization wise. So I had like a regular planner and then I had like my happy planner and then I had the not wedding planner. But I'm like, oh, I can show this to my kids. Like, they're not going to care about these things. Like, whatever. But yeah, I was really big on like, okay, well, this deadline's coming and this needs to be talked about next and all of these things. So really, I was just like focusing on the deadlines and not focusing on people's selfish desires of like, oh, well, guest list this, guest list that. Like, okay, well, that's fine. These things still need to be met. So that's just how I operated and moved forward yeah no that's really good and it was a it was a successful and happiest day of your life I would I would think that it was my pictures were literally I was like taking like little small snippets in my head like oh picture yes that yes that and everybody always kind of tells you like oh you're never gonna remember it like it goes by so fast but because so many, so many people told me that, I feel like I was like, I need to remember. So I was like looking at every little detail, like, yes, lavender on the napkin. Yes, crystal dish plates. <laughs> it was just little things that I was just like, I planned all of this and here we are. And so those things coming to fruition was just like rewarding enough and all that other stuff didn't matter. Yeah, for sure. That makes us so happy just talking about weddings. And I absolutely love weddings. They are the best. But changing topics a little bit, I wanted to know a little more about how you started your blog and why you decided to start it. So I kind of was, I've looked into blogs before, like, but they haven't been professional blogs. Like it's like, you know, fashion or something like that, that I've seen or like, organized moms, which I cannot relate to because I'm not a parent. So why I was looking at it, I don't know, maybe Target. But I just kind of felt like, I feel like a lot of people say this, but in looking for things for physical therapists and like people in PT school, like we don't have a lot of that. I feel like we're coming to it now in like the fact that I've started it it's kind of like, oh, here's the gold. All these people are out here. But you know, like before that, it's like, where is everybody that's struggling with MPT school with me? So I feel like I needed to share my testimony, one, and inspire somebody who was stuck or felt like they were stuck or weren't where they wanted to be. And I would have been doing a disservice to somebody in the profession or in school if I didn't share my story. So that's what started it. And just keeping it going is kind of just sharing what my journey is like in the fact that I've been in, in PT school for 
three years, technically two and a half, but really I'm only a second year. And so it's kind of like, how does that work out? Like people try to do the math and I'm like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Go read my blog. <laughs> but those things are just like, I just feel like I would be doing a disservice if I wasn't out here sharing and meeting awesome people like you guys and being able to just connect with people and share in my addiction to caffeine and studying like crazy because <laughs> nobody gets it like us I feel you know like you can have like people who are going to support you all day but like if nobody's going to understand that you have to stare at your book for 10,000 hours in order to get the information sometimes so yeah that. I love that and I like one thing in particular you said you feel like you would be doing people a disservice if you didn't share I think that is so important for people to hear because that is what keeps a lot of people going. Even when you have a lot of studying to do yourself and you're still managing to do this, you're still sharing what you're doing. You're still sharing your, you know, struggles with addiction to caffeine. And that's the important stuff, you know, like I feel that <laughs> I had so much like some struggles with, you know, caffeine addiction too. And people relate to it. And I love that. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I get headaches now when I don't drink coffee. And I'm like, crap, I know this is because I'm legitimately like dependent on coffee. This is so sad. And sometimes during breaks, I try to like wean off of it. And I'm like, I have a coffee headache, but I'm going to sit here and watch this television show because I don't need it. <laughs> but I mean, that I just, it's rough sometimes, but it's out here. It's pumpkin spice latte season, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> yes, for everybody listening, as we are in September of 2019, the PSLs are back, and that is something <laughs> that we're all going to be like, oh my gosh, I know for me, uh, the first day of class, I'm going to go to Starbucks and try something pumpkin pumpkin related, but yeah, it's it's so true, like, unless you are in PT school and you know how much caffeine you need, how much studying goes on, then you can have, especially family and friends, and they're like, you know, if you need anything, I'm always here, which is so awesome, and have that support system. But also lean on your classmates and other students around the country because you are all going through very, very similar, similar struggles, and it's important to have that. So that's why we're so passionate about connecting with so many students and being able to, you know, hear stories and just share in our, in our wins and the challenges that we face every day as a student for the next three years. Or more. Yes. Or more. Or, well, or two and a half. Which one now? Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. <laughs> but my recommendation when you go get your pumpkin drink is a pumpkin cream cold brew delicious that's what I heard that's what I was gonna get <laughs> not as heavy as a latte yes <laughs> I love that you called it a PSL Gabby I was like for a second I didn't know what you were talking about and then I thought about it I was like oh <laughs> is that a thing that people say yeah oh I, I'm so out of the loop with the Starbucks lingo I don't think it's it's the regular term and now there are all these you know, the cold brews out, the nitro brews, so there are different names for it, but it's always been the pumpkin spice latte has been the staple name. And 
I didn't see myself saying PSL, but it just happened in the moment. So we're just going to go with it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And for everyone listening who maybe hasn't read your blog yet or heard about your coffee addiction, caffeine addiction, it may not, maybe not coffee, where can they find your blog? My blog is thecurlydpt.com, and it's just on the internet. The good old Google. The good old Google. <laughs> and we'll have the link in the description so you guys who aren't going to Google it, you can click on it, and it'll take you <laughs> to the blog. Perfect. Because who has time to go to Google? Unless you are with a patient and need to look it up really quick. But I know so many students will, you know, read your blog if they haven't already. And we know that you're going to get messages after this episode because a lot of people will, you know, resonate with your story. And it's just so great to talk to other students and just be able to, like I said, just share in what we're going through. And what I'm curious, so you are in your second year and is it your first semester of second year or the second? Technically it's our second semester because we're year round. So we just finished our first clinical this summer. So that would have been like the start of our second year and that was 12 weeks. And then now we're in our fall semester of second year. And then we have spring and then we have one year of classes and then we go one more clinic, acute care clinical next summer, and then we have one semester and then two clinicals and we're out. That's so exciting. Oh I know, God. I'm like counting down the semesters because the days are just too long. Oh yeah, counting down <laughs> semesters seems so much, so much easier. But if you want to share a little bit about your first clinical and how that went. Oh, my first clinical was amazing. I kind of want to go back. It's very close, so I visit them kind of often, but it was at PT Solutions in Brandon. Shout out to Zach and Garrison over there, but it was awesome. It was outpatient. They focus on like sports medicine. They have neuro screens. They have low back screens. Like PT Solutions is an amazing company. Like I want to work for them when I'm done, but yeah, it was just an awesome experience. Like I was extremely nervous, like my first few days-ish, because you don't really know what to expect, like stepping into as just being in the classroom and then stepping into a clinic, like where they're expecting you to take on patients and a caseload, like you're like, okay, but I'm new here and I don't really know anything, so slow it down. But they were extremely understanding of that. And I was able to take on my caseload as I felt comfortable. Like they were like, are you good with that? Like you're okay. Like we worked as a team, even though Zach was my clinical instructor, Garrison and I worked closely together as well. And it was just a great learning experience. Like they would teach me when I needed to, like, do you not know what that is? Like, and I was good with saying no. I feel like if I can recommend one thing to everybody going into clinical, like be good with saying that you don't know, because it's their job to teach you. So if they don't feel comfortable teaching you, at least you can say you don't know. So you don't look like it's not like I didn't say I didn't know. <laughs> so that was one thing that I was like, oh, all right with. And he made me feel comfortable saying that and being like, okay, well, this is Drew. She's my doctoral intern, you know, and I'm just going to teach her this. Or like if I was working with another patient and there was a new one in who he wanted me to, something, to see something, it was like, oh, Drew, come over here and like, look at this. And like the patients were extremely open with like, oh yeah, check my reflexes. And they were like, hit me in the head because they were so strong like it was crazy but it was 
an awesome experience and I didn't want to leave. Now I'm sitting in a classroom and my hip flexors are tight. Feel that 100% (laughs) coming off of clinical or just break in general. You're like sitting in the classroom and yeah, I think going from clinical to classroom is harder than going from classroom to clinical because that's something to look forward to. And that's so great though that you had your first clinical rotation and you were able to learn a lot, but then also, you know, have some patients where you worked with them one-on-one and just to have that experience and know that you and your CI are in a good, like, that's so important. And we've talked about it in a few episodes that having that CI and student camaraderie is going to be one of the most important things to have a enjoyable clinical rotation. Yeah, even after, like I just tech back today because we have a project and I'm like, hey, I don't get this. And like just stepping in the clinic, like, oh, I need this paperwork for this project. Oh yeah, I'll print it off for you. Like having that relationship after and he's, I think that it depends on the clinical instructor because I, like as students, we forget that they're not getting paid for it. They're not getting an extra anything for us being in there. Like they're just doing it because they want to or it's a part of their job. I don't really know how that works out, but like there's no extra. So like us bringing them gifts is always great and accepted. Like they love free coffee in the morning when they're not expecting it. But like, I think that it depends on the CI. I know that some of my classmates did not have the same experience that I had and probably would not ever reach out to their CI again, maybe. But I have that relationship where I'm like, hey, I don't get this. And he texts back like, even like long texts. It's not even like, one word like hey busy or something like that like it's something where he's open to answer questions and respond accordingly and be able to help me and even if I didn't understand like it's still like did you get that like yeah I did thank you for being so great to me you're so awesome but going back to the transition from clinical to classroom and classroom to clinical classroom to clinical was hard like maybe the first week it was like okay I don't know where I fit in here I'm not quite sure what's going on my feet hurt because I'm standing all day and I'm not used to this I had to get new shoes like the first week I was like this isn't gonna work because they want you to wear flats and not sneakers I'm like my flats aren't comfortable for this I don't know what I'm gonna do shout out to Cole Han anyways so then clinical to classroom is like kind of frustrating because you got to like sit down again and I have still I think we're in our third week now and our schedule is so lax this semester that it's kind of like oh I have all the time in the world to do this project and then it's like oh the project's the next week okay should have made more time for that (laughs) it's like okay I need to get back and focus because when you're in the clinic you get to go home watch tv there's not like homework like if you finish your notes in the clinic you're good like there's no studying to do so it's definitely a completely different aspect of life on each spectrum absolutely and everyone listening to this if they've already gone through their clinicals can relate to that 100 like firstly you need some new shoes if you're going to be standing all day which you probably will be get some Dr. Scholes or something to put in those flats because we could not wear tennis shoes either. And I know some clinics do, like of course check your clinic dress code, but a lot of them don't let you wear tennis shoes, which I was surprised at. I was like, you're all a physical therapist and you're wearing flats. 
<laughs> it's shocking. I'm just thinking I could wear like gym clothes. Like, okay, at least like, okay, some slacks and like, I don't know. I don't know. My expectations were low, I guess. But then they're like, okay, nice blouse. I'm like, a blouse? I'm supposed to be demonstrating exercises. Like, I was like getting dressed in the morning. Like, can I move in this? Like, how's this going to work? <laughs> but yeah, Dr. Scholl's Cole Haan, zero grand, original grand, all of those things worked out great. <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely a surprise. Old Navy pants also are very movable. So that was something. Those stretchy dress pants, though, everyone needs at least two or three pairs of those. You wear them to class and sit in them all day if you'd like. Wear them to the clinic and demonstrate some squats and deadlifts for your patients as you go into some awkward stretch positions, too. So (laughs) do it. The guys out there listening are like, what's happening? Why are they talking about shoes? Like, I don't even know what stretchy dress pants are. And for the, for the guys listening, I know some programs are strict with dress code, but I'm curious. I don't, it's usually a polo or a button down. I know that ties are not allowed in the clinic. I'm almost positive <laughs> just because I feel like it would be. Like a choking hazard. Yeah, exactly. Where you're going to bend over and try to help a patient with something yeah. and there's just like this tie in their face. Yeah, exactly. But. Well, I know my CIs actually, they, PT Solutions requires ties year-round except for, it's like May to September or something. Like the summer, basically. Yeah, so like when I got in there, they were wearing ties and like maybe a couple weeks in, they were like, we don't have to wear ties. We get to be summer. But I think I guess like tie clips exist. So they just, they hold it Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I've never seen someone with a tie in the clinic, but also I haven't been to PT Solutions. So uh, we'll work on that. But yeah, I love that. And our last question that we usually ask, what advice, I know you already gave tons of advice for PT students, but if you could pick like two big pieces of advice for current PT students, what would you tell them? So I would say get a grasp on your study style and get with a group of friends slash study partners, not just friends because that can get you off track easily, that are gonna hold you accountable and help you study. But also in that same token, study with different people because other people might have something different that your group is not gonna get, or they might say it differently that you may grasp it over there and you couldn't grasp it with your friends. So I think in that, like just, study nuggets would be to study everywhere but still have like your group that you can connect with I love that yeah definitely have the study groups because that oh my gosh so important yes highly recommend a study group and where could if people are interested in messaging you then where can they find you on social media so my instagram and twitter are both the curly DPT. Perfect. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today, Drew, and chatting about a whole lot of things. I know people listening are like, how did they? <laughs> yeah, like how does that all come together? It comes right. together. It's all important. It's not a whole so, bunch of stuff. That's all that's been going on in my life. So there's that. Yeah. And that's just how PT school is. It's sometimes discombobulated, but you know what? It all makes sense in the end. So thank you for coming on and talking about a ton of things today. We greatly appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.